The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Change is the one constant in life. It is inevitable, and it will happen to all of us at one time or another. Whether we like it or not, people and circumstances will change. We will get sick, loved ones will die, jobs will be lost, couples will grow apart, and children will move out. And when that happens, we are scared and sometimes lost. But here is the good news. Each one of us can write the next chapter of our life. No matter what we face, with the right mindset and unwavering tenacity, we can raise the curtain to a second act. I'm Joan Herman, and through my Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand and Second Acts, it is my mission to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation to write the next part of your story. And what a story it will be. Welcome to Second Acts. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for joining us. In order to challenge yourself, grow stronger, and become better, you need to step out of your comfort zone and take risks. Anytime you consider doing this, your brain will try to convince you to play it safe. Even when your thoughts lack a rational basis, you may allow your anxiety to prevail. Then, the fear holds you back. Today's guest, Angie Morgan, received a master class and how to take risks when she signed up for the Marines. She joins us to discuss how we can develop our wrist muscle. Angie served as a Marine Corps officer, and she's been a special advisor to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. She's a New York Times bestselling author and co-founder of LeadStar. Her new book is Bet on You, How to Win with Risk. Welcome, Angie. Thank you so much for joining us. Joan, it's so good to be with you today. Thanks for having me. So, Angie, joining the Marines and then becoming an officer has enabled you to face many fears and to take many risks. When you were presented with those opportunities in the past, how did you feel? Were you scared? Were you anxious? (laughs) I think that there's a lot of, um, certainly when you think about the Marine Corps, a lot of intimidation that goes into that choice. And then you think, too, about just some of the physical risks that you'll be asked to do and participate in in the future, And it was really helpful, too, to think of it as that wasn't the only risk that you had to take, right? There was, you know, moving away. There was, you know, countering different, you know, you know, people learning a new value system in order to thrive in that organization. So I think often we tend to think of risk as very one dimensional when the reality is multidimensional. And I'm really fortunate. I didn't know what I was getting into entirely when I went in the Marines. But when I left, I had this really important skill set that I was able to apply to all areas of my life. So everything that you just described, any one of those things could have caused someone to stop, you know, full stop, not do this. What did you do to overcome those feelings so that you could move forward? The Marine Corps actually was the organization that just helped me realize how 
powerful our minds are over our perception of our abilities and capabilities. And when you go through training, you really learn a lot more about yourself and what you're actually capable of. And so really breaking through some of those mental barriers was just a really key thing for me, especially early on in my career. And so having that mindset allowed me, when I left active duty and started working in sales and inevitably started my business, just really remind myself that, you know, our mind limits us. But when you really start to think about risk as a skill and how to overcome some of those, I will call them artificial barriers that our mind puts on us, it just helps you allow you to see the potential of the situation. I always hear people say, well, I can't do this because I might fail. They have this fear of failure. And and I always say, well, what is failure? And what does that really look like? Because to me, when something doesn't happen the way I want it to, I, I just have learned to say to myself, okay, that didn't work out as planned, but what can I learn from this? How can I do it differently? So I think we just let this this fear of failure, whatever that may mean, I, I just think we let that get in the way. Joan, I couldn't be more in agreement with you. And it's funny too, like if I put, you know, 100 people in a room right now and ask them, what did you learn more from life, your successes or your failures? Hands would shoot up when they talked about failures, right? Because those are some of our greatest, most powerful and profound learning points. And then you ask, you know, the follow-on questions, what did you gain from that experience? And people's examples are really rich. And so I think sometimes we think about failure as this negative thing, but failure is only really fatal if you stop trying, if you didn't learn from the experience. So we shouldn't be afraid of failure. And our mind has this amazing ability to to catastrophize what failure could be. I have a friend who is in the process of leaving this executive director role in a nonprofit so she could be in a consultant. And failure to her is homeless on the streets of Chicago. And I keep telling her, you know, don't you think we're going to stop you, you know, your friends at some point <laughs> before you get there? So, yeah, like, you know, true failure is you might stumble. Success might might not be what it really set out to be, but that's not really failure. That's learning. Right. And, you know, I had to learn. I'm one of these type A people where, you know, I have my expectations of how things are, and I love saying supposed to be, which is how nothing mm-hmm. ever turns out. And so I always had my expectations of how it was supposed to be. And then I always had this stri- this need to strive for perfection, that things had to be done the right way. So, you know, living my life with the supposed to be's and the right way can really keep you stuck. And, and those are things that I needed to learn how to overcome. Do you think that those are big players for a lot of other people as well? Oh, absolutely. We write a lot about perfectionism, perfectionism in the book because that often is what halts people in from pursuing their dreams. They wait for the stars, the moon, sun to align before they can take action which may, you know, not be an ideal time for them. And so then again, they'll delay even further. So we, in our book, talk about if you want to really perfect something, perfect your response to imperfection. How is that? But get really comfortable with understanding that not everything is going to turn out as you hope it would be. Sometimes, and more times than not, it's going to be better. We can't predict the future, but we can plan, right, for that one foot in front of the other in front of the other. And that's what we try to advocate through 
bet on you and through our work with Leadstar in our leadership coaching space is just get started. It doesn't have to be big. In fact, risks done wrong are these epic, bold strokes. Risk done right is incremental change, one small step followed by the other, and then pretty soon you're building the muscle. And I think Nike had the best campaign slogan ever when they say, just do it. I mean, it's brilliant. Just do it. <laughs> it's funny. I remember when that slogan first came out, and you're right. It was so inspiring because, again, there's people who will talk and plan and dream and all these things. But the people who are out there making it happen are just doing it. Right. Because it. what's the worst thing that can happen? It, and, you know, the funny thing, again, the worst thing that can happen probably isn't even a possibility. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you you learn and you discover that maybe it wasn't exactly what you thought it was going to be. And that's OK. But you tried and you can go to sleep soundly at night knowing that you're not afraid to pursue your dreams. Do you believe strong leaders are the biggest risk takers? That depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's just, in in the work that I do with Lead Star and the first two books that we wrote about, um, a lot of it had to do like, you know, spark and leading from the front. Leadership is about influencing others and inspiring others through your behavior. So it's not about that job title. It's about behavior. And I've got phenomenal leaders who do, you know, do a really great job of setting an example and developing their character and being accountable and all these things. And yet they're still a little bit afraid to take a risk, but they're on a really good, comfortable path. And you said it in your introduction, you know, getting out of your comfort zone is still hard for people, especially people who are just so comfortable and, you know, feel pretty good about the path they're on. And through my conversations with many just really talented leaders, I know that they've got a dream. I know that there's something that they want to do, and they're just a little bit afraid to start it because it's unconventional in their world just to, you know, do that side hustle or change industries and careers on the spot or even ask for a promotion or even within their business. I know that we prize in organizations some of these entrepreneurial opportunities, start a new business unit, just a little bit scared. And so the great thing, though, with risk is that we can learn how to take risk. It's a skill set. Right. And to take a smart risk. So if you're thinking about starting your own business, maybe you begin doing it part time or, you know, there are ways that you can mitigate the damages that can occur from taking that risk. It's a smart way to do it. Yeah. Great, great point. I was, you know, my husband and I recently, we wanted to sell our house and move closer to a coffee shop and move closer to the business because we found ourselves on the road all the time. And selling the house and moving seemed like such a big proposition. It was so intimidating, but start somewhere. We just started talking to real estate agents. And then, you know, before you know it, we're packing boxes, but it didn't have to all be done overnight. And education, you know, educating yourself, that really does empower you to take those smart risks. 100%. We write about the value of guides in Bet on You, people in our life who can help fill in the blanks on how to go about achieving our dreams. We have, you know, three people, types of people in our life. We call them, you know, our champions. You know, the people who are just going to be in our cheering section and maybe the champions too are people who are doing what we want to do. 
and trying to, you know, connect with them to say, hey, how did you get started? Tell me your path. Like that's a really valuable experience, a secondhand experience that you can take on. We also have big stagers, you know, people who, um, probably like you, Joan, you know, people who get to share their thought leadership and influence. We may not know them directly, but we could dial in and, and hear and get that motivation and inspiration and encouragement. We also have some of those no-choosers, you know, people in our life, family members, friends, colleagues, people that we didn't necessarily, with the exception of a couple people, have a direct hand in, but people are thrown, but we can get inspiration. So education is certainly, it's look at the internet, get books, but we've got people all around us who are living some of the dreams we'd like to pursue. Talking to them is a huge piece. Angie, can you give our listeners a few strategies that can help them develop their wrist muscle? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I find that one of the best things anyone can do starts off with just dreaming a little better. So really coming into a space where you can clarify what is something that you really haven't achieved yet, but you've always wanted to do. I find that we're so busy and in the moments when we could be dreaming, like on a park bench or in a waiting room, we're looking at our phone and distracted by just kind of external influences. So start to like put down the phone, think bigger, and really just turn inward to really understand what's missing or what could be better in my life. We also think about kaleidoscope dreaming. So trying to think about different areas of your life, not just career, but what are you doing for fun? How are you serving your community? Um, what are you doing with your family? Like, what is there anything in your life that's in a state of neglect that you really need to pay attention to that could help round off your life and make you a little bit more balanced and feeling harmonious? harmonious. Second thing is really just start to identify people who are doing the things that um, you want to be doing. And it's funny, I think we sometimes get intimidated by asking people to share their life's story to us and how they went about achieving their success. But for the person you're asking, most people want to help. Most people love to talk about themselves. Most people want to share um, their story and their secrets. So you're actually giving them a gift. Sometimes it's turning that around a little bit, knowing that you might feel intimidated, but you're giving the other person an opportunity to help. And most people want to help you. Angie, you said it's important to recognize the people that surround us, the, the people that cheer us on or, or can hold us back. When I mm -hmm. wanted to start this work many years ago, this was a huge risk for me. This was so out of the realm of anything I ever imagined mm -hmm. for myself. And I had a lot of people who were close to me who were mocking me, telling me I was crazy, saying it was ridiculous. What do you say to someone who wants to take a risk, believes in it, but he or she is surrounded by people who are belittling what they want to do or, or you know, speaking <laughs> negatively about it, trying to hold them back. Oh, my gosh, Jim, I can, I, I can relate right away to that statement. 100% when I started my, you know, speaking and writing business back in 2004, I certainly had those eye rollers like, okay, I guess this is what Angie's <laughs> doing next. <laughs> I was middle-aged, so they were really thinking I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, right? Because, you know, going back, when we think about risk-taking, I always like to tell people that we take risks all the time. 
I mean, think about getting married or going to college. Those are like crazy risks if you think about it. There's only a 50-50% chance of success in those risks. Yet, when we take those risks, people pass us, you know, gifts and parties and things like that. And think about then the later on in your life, the risks that you want to take. They're, the chances for success are probably far greater, but people are going, oh, no, I don't know about this. And I often think it's really because the older that we get the more nuanced our dreams are. They're more reflective of independent experiences that people in our life just don't have access to. Like we can understand, right, the concept of getting married because a lot of people do that. So again, we cheer and get excited. But starting your side hustles, starting you know, a podcast, starting an Etsy business, probably not a lot of people in your life are doing those things. And so they are probably going to be a little bit more skeptical of it. And they aren't really sure, right? They haven't been inside your brain. They haven't seen your vision. And you haven't maybe articulated your vision fully to them. So oftentimes their skepticism is probably just their lack of exposure to what it is that you're trying to do. And well, you got to manage them, right? Or well, least, the things that you were just yeah, listing, you know, Angie, the, the, the one big thing that kept going through my mind, many of us have children. We don't know what we're doing when we have a baby. That is probably <laughs> the biggest risk you can take in your life, and yet you do it. So maybe when we're oh, about to take a risk, we should think, well, I had that baby, and it turned out okay. So, you know, maybe that's motivation. <laughs> I love my Bob used to say, you know, I did my best with you guys and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. <laughs> so, no one tells like, you what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, at least the second child, if you, you're brave enough to do that, you have a little bit more experience and firsthand knowledge. But yeah, it's true. It's like nobody knows what they're doing, but we're doing it. <laughs> we're well, and you know, and on a serious note, if if you really do step back and think about it, it is a risk that we take blindly without thinking a whole lot about it. It's just something we decide we want to do, and we do it without knowing what the outcome may be. So maybe it does serve as motivation for us when we want to take another risk in life. We asked, when Courtney and I started our business back in 2004, uh, we were nervous because, again, nobody in our world had really done it before, None, nobody in our immediate world. But then we started doing our research and finding out all these people who were achieving on the dreams that we wanted to strive towards. We asked ourselves a really powerful question. If not us, then who? You know, if it can be done and people are doing it, why can't we do it? And that's a really great question for anybody to ask. Like, if it is being done by people with similar backgrounds, by similar experiences, and they're achieving success on it, why can't you? <laughs> so if not you, then who? I always bring that up when I when I make presentations, and I do have something about that. I'll say, why does one person go on Oprah or another person on the Today Show or someone else write the book? And the answer always is because that person believed that he or she could. And that's really the seed where everything can grow from. And you, to me, are talking about confidence. And we write about that, too, just having the confidence within yourself. And I love how confidence is researched. It's called you know, in the psychology space, self-efficacy. It's your belief in your ability to do whatever it is you set out to do in the moment that it matters. And it's a skill. And and I always think, too, like if you can't believe in yourself and in the power of your dream, who gets to? These are your dreams. And just to own them, it, I used to live in um, 
Los Angeles for a bit, and I would talk to friends who were aspiring actors. And it was always funny to me, like the ones that you thought perhaps had a chance, they would boldly stay, even though they were, you know, working at restaurants and doing what they had to do to get by in the service industry. They would say, like, I want to be an actor. Maybe they'll say it with conviction versus, oh, I guess I'm trying to be an actress or an actor. It just comes across differently. And so you have an opportunity to believe in your dreams and be convicted to them. The book is Bet on You, How to Win with Risk. If you'd like to get more information about Angie and her work, you can visit leadstar.us. Angie, in about 30 seconds or less, what to take away? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I think just understanding what risk is. We often hit it against reward as if it's the downside of a choice. Risk the reward, but it's not. Risk is your path to reward. And understanding the misconceptions about risk and really understanding your relationship with risk can unlock those dreams that you have in your mind. Angie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to connect. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, subscribe to our mailing list, check out our articles, magazine, book club, and be sure to follow us on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.